This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've uh, got a couple of cool guests with me today. I've uh, got John Beeler. You've heard him on here uh, before. He is a, uh, a local tech expert and part of our Get Connected uh, team. And uh, we've got AJ back. Where have you been, AJ? I've been in hiding. Yes. No, <laughs> you're running from the law? Yeah. Uh, AJ uh, been hosting Get Connected for many, many years uh, and also uh, a prominent figure on our Get Connected TV show uh, as well. I just but host the show when you disappear, when you go on your trips. That's right. And then I show up in studio and yeah, help everybody out. It's good. Uh, we've got a cool show today and it's going to be an interesting one. And okay, sit down and wrap your head around this. What happens to your digital world when you die? And think about it. Everything is digital now. Everything, your banking, your photos, your life, everything, Netflix, all your usernames, your cloud storage. What happens to it all? All your music. All your music, your air miles. It's scary. And I have a password, a different password for every one of those things. Okay. So Leanne, uh, your better half. Toast. Not getting any of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what happens? Yeah. Do you know what kind of hell she's going to go through to try to get access to all that? What about the password for your laptop? Does she know it? Nope. No. And if you don't have a password for that Apple laptop, no one's getting in. Yeah. Your iCloud. Yes. Not every, getting in. No. We'll never be able to get into your phone. Your Google photo or your Apple photo or whatever. We'll most likely not be able to get in. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yes. Well, we have some experts uh, that have written a book uh, about that. Uh, again, and Angela Crocker. Angela Crocker. And, and Vicky McLeod. Vicky McLeod. Uh, Digital Legacy. And they've written this awesome book. You can buy it, a physical book and an ebook that walks you through step-by-step on what you need to do to make sure that everything is documented so that your loved ones and uh, an appointed digital steward, they call it, uh, can help with your passing. Well, I just did my will. Yes. And there's nothing in there about anything digital. No, but it needs to be. Yeah. It needs a, to be. A lot of like notaries and lawyers and these people, they're not even thinking about this kind of stuff. And these are a lot of these are assets that you don't even think about. Mm-hmm. That's what I really liked about this book is that they've made a list of stuff that you would never even imagine you need to think about. And it, it actually made me stay up late at night reading the, the table of contents just to see like, oh my God, I got stuff in that. I got stuff in this. Who's going to get all this stuff? Well, uh, I've gone in and uh, it's going to be me, John. <laughs> essentially uh that that is the the deal uh but let's talk about some of the uh the tech news out there a big story this week that i found interesting the u.s supreme court has said that it's okay to go ahead with lawsuits against apple that uh, people are calling them a monopoly for their app store mm-hmm. what do you think well um when you try to wrap your head around you know whether apple is a monopoly or not a monopoly that's where things get kind of confusing you know apple's trying to say you're not buying the app from us. You're buying it from the developer who created the app. We're just simply providing you the pathway to get that. But the U.S. Supreme Court is essentially saying, nah, they're buying it from you. The app developers are your customer. They're basically putting the product into your store and you're selling it to the individuals. So that's opening Apple up to lawsuits, class action lawsuits, uh, to basically have them dissolve from having a so-called monopoly on the App Store. And so we have to look at the other players out there. Google, for example, mm-hmm. uh, they have their Google Play Store, but there are other uh, Android stores, like Amazon has their own. Yeah. The the challenge with these types of stores, though, and I think why Apple is a target in this case, but also uh, probably the biggest problem with the you know the, the, these regulators is that 
if you don't regulate these apps, you get all kinds of craziness in there. It becomes the wild west of apps mm. and apps that will you know steal your identity. And, and it's a big problem on Android. It's a huge problem on Android. And in, for the longest time, Google didn't really regulate it. It was the Wild West. And, and that's also what Amazon's tried to do with their app store. So, um, but anyone can have an app store on Android. Right. But anyone can be a developer as well. Yes. On, on any of these platforms. So, and what Apple does, and I know this because I've actually developed an app and submitted it to both stores, and they go through a very rigorous, rigorous review process to actually make sure that your app isn't doing something nefarious. Yeah, like and listening in on you without your permission. Sending, sending your data somewhere else to a third party, all that kind of stuff. So, Well, one of Apple's arguments uh, that it is not a monopoly is they're saying that these apps are available, just go to a different device. So, so Yeah, like you know, Google. Yeah, like like you know, change your your device so yeah. you switch your iPhone to an Android phone and go get the same app in their store. So yes. we're not a monopoly. Uh, Supreme Court threw that one out as well. And let's and 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 to be clear, like it's not that this has been ruled on in the sense they're ruling it to go forward. So basically, they're going to allow this case to continue. Yeah, the ruling was based not on the merits of the case, but just on their the sort of the approach of the lawyers and and the and the specific documentation that was put forward. What do you think? I think it's ridiculous. It, it kind of is like the app developers can set their own price for the apps. Yep. If uh, they want to make more money because Apple's taken 30%, uh, they can raise the price up. You know, and I know there's, you know, market demand, supply and demand and uh, market forces that help determine prices for certain uh, apps. But to your point, AJ, if you don't like it, uh, you can go to the Android store. The, the reality is, is that currently there's not a lot of difference between the stores as far as content. No. It, most people, if they're going to develop an app, most developers, if they're going to make an app for sale, they're going to do it on both platforms because that's where the audiences are. Yeah. Um, and it's it's gotten a lot easier in the last few years with the developer tools to actually create apps that work on both platforms very consistently and similarly. I, I just think that, um, you know, that you should have the opportunity if you choose to, to buy the app directly from the developer if you choose to. And, and Apple, we all know, has always been very adamant about the experience that any user has on their devices. So they want a controlled user experience so that nothing could go haywire, right? And so for that reason, you can only get iOS apps through the app store um, versus getting them sort of directly from the developers. And I think that, um, you know, that does kind of create a bit of a monopolistic situation. Like, you know, you can only buy from the Apple store. And I think that in, in and of itself is... But if you let them go direct to developers, that is going to be a complete free-for-all. If there is no quality control, if there are no rules set in place on what you can and can't do. For yeah, but the isn't, that the, isn't that the buyer beware part of the whole thing? You know, yeah, like, but look at Android. It's like crazy some of these apps that have stolen and, and hacked into people's it's information. It's not even the nefarious stuff. It's just the poor user experience. I get why Apple has done this and having these guidelines that they, they force developers to follow and how they present data and information, and also taking advantage of the device's specific features as well. Uh, the bigger problem with the Android side has always been fragmentation and a much larger variety of devices. But let's look at the numbers. The Apple App Store and uh, developers that make apps for that, they make way more money on that, even though Android has a much larger user base. Because Android users typically don't pay for apps. No. Because they typically didn't pay for their phone as part of their contract. So, you know, I wonder what the app developers think of that on the, on the uh, Apple side. Well, I think they would probably want that 30% back <laughs> that they're giving Apple currently. But I think... Uh, and 30% is a lot. 
it is a lot, but still 70% is... Yeah, but they've created an entire ecosystem for them to even live. Do you remember, do you remember what it was like for software developers before uh, you know, Apple and Android came out? You, you couldn't know, get an app on, your, on a phone because back then you'd have to have millions no, but, of dollars to put something on a Nokia or something. In, yes, in but, so, but even think to Windows. Yeah. Uh, to make a Windows program and sell it, it was, it was difficult because everyone pirated everything because it was so freaking easy. Yeah. And so Apple changed that entire dynamic and created this entire huge new world of developers that made billions and billions of dollars. That would not have happened if Apple hadn't done that. And ironically, Steve Jobs didn't want an app store originally on the iPhone. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look at him now. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to some other stories here on Get Connected. Uh, this is uh, an interesting one. Uh, a new feature for Amazon Alexa uh, owners or Amazon Echo owners down in the U.S. that have the Alexa voice assistant is the Amazon Alexa Guard. Not available in Canada yet, yet. but uh, in the U.S. Explain. This is a really cool feature. Essentially, if you've given Alexa the ability to listen to your house, uh, the guard system will actually be listening for very specific sounds. So, for example, if your smoke alarm or your fire alarm or your CO2 alarm, if any of those go off, then uh, it will actually send you an alert on your phone saying, hey, I've, you know, Alexa just heard a smoke alarm going off. And they play the audio for you. Right. And it will also detect if it hears breaking glass, for example. And if you have one of those devices like an Echo Show uh, or the Fire Tablet uh, that now has the feature as well that has a camera on it, it can actually send you video of whatever it can see. So uh, it's just a nice bonus security feature. Uh, Amazon's been quick to say that this isn't meant to replace a security alarm or you know a monitoring system, but this is just a nice peace of mind bonus feature that is going to be included and rolled out free uh, to everybody. There's my wife broke another glass again. <laughs> I know. I told Alana, my wife, about this, and she's like, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Like, she's still plotting different ways for Alexa to die in my house, like to make the little uh, speakers uh, disappear without me noticing. But I'll notice. You'll notice. And, you know, the kids are even turning the microphones off in some of them, which defeats the whole purpose of my smart automated home. <laughs> yes. But well, you can use your phone. Little weasels. <laughs> Don't touch the microphones, kids. Uh, we have an awesome... Awesome program today. We're going to be talking about death in the digital age, what you need to do to, pre uh, to prepare for your passing. There's so much of your information, your passwords, your banking that you need to have documented so your loved ones will know what to do when you are gone. We've got some experts that have written a great book uh, and we want you to stay tuned. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Get Connected. Got uh, John Beeler, one of my Get Connected teammates uh, with me. Want to talk about a fascinating topic that I don't think we talk enough about. Uh, death and dying and our digital legacy in this new internet world. I don't plan on dying anytime soon, but this is uh, an interesting topic for me. Absolutely. And I don't think most people plan on dying, but it's definitely something that people probably neglect uh, when they're thinking about their things that they've created in online world, what's on their computer, all those types well, of everything's things. Well, everything's digital, right? Our, our banking, yeah. our social media, so what, everything. So what happens when you die, though? Do you just hand your laptop, or does your laptop just get inherited by someone in your family and they have to figure it out? Yeah, what about the passwords and usernames right. and, and all of that? There's so much to think about. And I'm excited, John, because we have two fantastic guests in studio, uh, Angela Crocker and Vicki McLeod. They have written a book, uh, physical and ebook. It's called Digital Legacy 
plan, a guide to the personal and practical practical elements of your digital life before you die. Thanks for coming in the studio, guys. Glad it's to great see you. To, uh, here, yeah. This is this is an interesting book. There, I didn't think you could write an entire book about this, but yeah, you can. I mean, uh, I want to do the rest of the show about this here because there's so much to talk about. Uh, but let's just talk about death in the digital age. Like what, what do we have to think about? Death is really in our face all the time now. Social media, email notices, uh, news items that we might see in a sidebar on a news website. Suddenly we hear about death on the radio. We can't really get away from death. And that's a real shift in the last 10 or 15 years with the rise of social media and increasingly our online lives. Yes, I think in our in the book blurb or in the very beginning of the book, we say that in 100 years there'll be 1 billion dead people on Facebook. Yeah, that's so crazy. That's a staggering number when you think about it or if you divide it by half, you know, in 50 years, right? There's going to be half a billion people. So we're seeing these, we're, ha- we're experiencing death in a whole different way. We're touching it in a different way than we used to. Um, maybe more like the way we used to even pre-industrial. You know, we're, we're now in a community online and we're seeing, I may not know either of you very well, but if we're friends on Facebook, I'm very likely to see an announcement about the death of someone close to you. Where I mean, so I we're, we're, heard about it before. Yeah, so we're much more aware of, uh, obviously, we're always aware of our immediate family and friends, but, you know, Facebook, I think I have like 800 to 900 friends. Uh, and now I'm intimately aware of any one of those dies. I might not have seen that person for like five to eight years, and, and it happens more and more now. But yeah, that's in my face uh, when you know they, they do pass away. So it, that's kind of a, a fundament, fundamental shift in our society, really. It is a big, I think it's a big shift. And it's changing the way that we grieve and it's changing the way we memorialize. You know, we no longer just post an obituary in the newspaper and if you happen to clip it out and save it in your family scrapbook, then generations in the future can have it. Now you can be memorialized online and that can, in a sense, be immortal. So we're dealing with this question of digital immortality or not in the book as well. So you're saying we need to really think about this and plan for this because um, our, our, I guess, lives will, whether we want to or not, will live on because everything's online now. Well, and we can make a choice about that in life. As Vicki will often say, you know, planning is a gift of love. And if you plan for your digital assets to whatever they're going to happen to them, that's one thing. But you can also communicate to your family, I don't care, do whatever you want. That, in fact, is a digital legacy plan. Now, people who pick up the book, we hope that they're going to put a more fulsome plan together, sharing passwords and identifying where they have a digital footprint to make it easier. Uh, but it's quite but a different shift. And we're rapidly entering a time where we could actually choose to create very intentionally a digital avatar that will purposefully live on after we die. The, there's very much in development right now, and some websites already, uh, some online programs are offering you the option to start, in a sense, storing all of your thoughts, ideas, wisdom, advice that you might want to pass on to family members after you're gone. The idea for me, I find that personally a little creepy. It doesn't really appeal to me, but it may, as in a generation that is much more, um, has been much more online than I have been, uh, and even individual people have different desires to have their profiles live on after they're gone, depending on your personality or your preferences. I, I was surprised at the level of information that Facebook has uh, to give you about how to plan for this unfortunate thing. You can actually assign a friend to be your, uh, I forget what they call it, but legacy contact, your legacy contact. Yeah. So, and then they get a notification saying, Hey, John's identified you as this legacy contact. Uh, you're going to be given the keys to the king, his kingdom when he passes on. I'm just curious, how do they know that I've passed on? (laughs) Well, hopefully the person that's your legacy contact is someone that you know personally well enough. Right. So you, you appoint that contact while you're still living. And this is to Angela's point. 
the choices that we make while we're living will dictate what our digital legacy plan ends up being, whether it's planful or not, whether it's sort of accidental, uh, or you end up being, I think we call it digital litter (laughs) in the book. You could just end up being out there in cyberspace or parts of you indefinitely. I mean, certainly our tweets are going to outlive us. Right. I I know how Facebook knows. If you haven't used Facebook at least five times in one day, (laughs) they know you're dead, (laughs) (laughs) essentially. They send your legacy contact. That's right. (laughs) They don't really, people... Well, uh, this is something we want to talk about here in the show because I don't think we fully comprehend the sheer amount of uh, digital assets uh, that we have uh, uh, out there. I mean, that's everything from photos to online banking. Um, I mean, the list goes on. All the different social media sites uh, that anything uh, you ever bought online, every, uh, yeah, your, did, your like shopping music? sites. Uh, uh, credit card your information. Entertainment fi- any entertainment files you have? Your downloaded movies and yes. television. Your avatar and your online gaming that maybe isn't your real name. It could be your persona online. Exactly. Well, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, when we come back from the break. We are chatting with the authors of the Digital Legacy Plan, a guide to the personal and practical elements of your digital life before you die. Angela Crocker and Vicki McLeod, both here in studio. Stay tuned when we come back. We're going to talk about the digital assets you need to be concerned about and how to look after that. Uh, for when you might not be here anymore. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back shortly after this. You're back with Get Connected, your favorite tech show. I've got John Beeler, my co-host here with me today. We're talking about death in the digital age. I know that's a very morbid topic, but I think it's super important because everything we do is online and digital now. We're going to talk with the authors of the Digital Legacy Plan book, Thanks again for coming in. Uh, we've got uh, Angela Crocker, Vicki McLeod. Uh, is this book available now? It's widely available, yes. Okay. Uh, small Working. independent bookstores, online retailers. Chapters Indigo's carrying carrying the book. It's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. It's, and it's, it's blowing up. You guys are huge. E-book. Yeah, on all the platforms. And an e-book too. Uh, let's talk about digital assets. And uh, in the book, you actually have a, a digital assets inventory, inventory worksheet. What are some of the digital assets that we need to think about? When we're thinking about our digital footprint, often people think only of the files on their computer and maybe their email, maybe their social media accounts. Um, But those are very deep topics. You can have thousands, tens of thousands of files in your Dropbox or your iCloud or whatever you're using for storage. Oh, your cloud storage, yeah. Cloud Mm -hmm. storage is part of it. Yeah. Uh, But we also have some deeper elements to our digital footprint, our gaming accounts, our entertainment accounts. You know, your avatar within a game, your Netflix password, your uh, incredible rich photo library on whatever platform you're choosing to share photos on. There's so much that we create every day consciously and so much that we create unconsciously. What about our credit card records, our shopping loyalty programs? You know, you've got those points at the drugstore. You want to make sure that those are spent, right? And something else to think about as well is if you're someone who's an online influencer, for example, or you're someone who is doing sales funnels online, you're going to have actual tangible assets. You may have either communities of trust that need to be somehow managed after you're gone, or you may have actual revenue generating um, online accounts that you're Whoever is taking care of your, whether that's your estate or whomever. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a YouTube influencer and you're getting yeah. money from Google, yes, where is exactly. that going? Great example. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, God, there's so much. Like I've got iCloud account, I've got a OneDrive account, I've got a Google account. Um, how do you keep track of that so that if you do pass away, someone can pick that up easily? Because if if I pass away and my wife had to figure that stuff out with all the passwords, like where would she go? She'd have to contact every one of those places, mm-hmm. and that must be a drawn up process. 
Well, that's really great because you're really giving the argument about why you need a digital legacy plan. I know, I'm buying this book. I'm buying this book. Great, and and the worksheets that are in the book are also downloadable, so they're available as a kit, so people can do that inventory. First and foremost is to do the digital assets inventory yourself. Then I think you also want to have the conversation with your wife about what your expectations are. What do you want? And then make sure that that is accessible to her you know, ironically online, but also offline. I keep my passwords and everything with my instructions locked in. I actually had to get it today because of my virus. I had to get it out of my locked safe to say, okay, here's the other passwords because we couldn't go online to find them. So people should use a password manager. Would that help dramatically here? It would, but we found in the research of the book that lots of people are resistant to a password manager. Yeah, I am. So we do offer some other solutions. And, you know, we discourage people from using a notebook under the keyboard, but that's surprisingly common. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't... Also effective. It can be effective depending on where you are or your your loved one is in their journey online, how digitally savvy they are. That might be better. But how do you do this? Like, I've got so many different accounts. Sure, I could uh, spend the weekend and just writing them all out, username, passwords, but they change all the time and I'm I'm lazy I'm not going to sit there and go and update that all the time well we would encourage you to find the time to do that okay at least to create so you're the saying I'm being stupid well not stupid <laughs> no <laughs> no I am Look, I'm, I'm um, looking at your digital we worksheet yeah. here as well air miles I've got like all these aeroplan miles if I were to die that would be a shame for those just to disappear and Absolutely. then there's also your hardware itself your hardware and your software like what do you want done with all of the devices that you may have do you bequeath oh, those John, to John already or, gets all those. You've ah. <laughs> already decided. But, well, he decided, but does yeah. John have the passwords? Part of the inspiration for this book actually came when my mom sadly passed away. She had several months in hospice. We had lots of time to say goodbye, but it never occurred to me to ask her for the password for her laptop. Oh, my God. And, of course, my mm-hmm. husband is an IT geek, so we have a, you know, a higher level of encryption than the standard a family laptop would have, yeah. and we haven't been able to get back in. Oh my God! So what's yeah. in there? I've kept the device, but you know what's in there in terms of photos, in terms of family correspondence. You know, oh, she was yeah. a public school teacher, so there's probably some report card type work, but I don't care about that so much. Yeah. Uh, but how do you get in? How do you even unlock mm-hmm. a phone? Mm-hmm. So have the conversation is the first. Okay. So tell your wife where the things are, and tell her maybe where you are and where you aren't. Here's what I've done, and here's what I haven't done. So you're saying. Use this inventory worksheet that you guys, Asset uh, Digital uh, Worksheet here, and start listing out everything. And you'd be surprised at how many things you start remembering. Like uh, Mm -hmm. Netflix is in here. Mm -hmm. What happens when I die and I don't need Netflix anymore? Or she needs to take it over. If she doesn't have the password, that's a pain in the butt. Sure, there's password reset, but if she doesn't know my email password, that's another problem. And it can be a challenge because part of your, when you die, often your credit cards are cut off. So many of these services, we auto pay monthly or annually for services that your heirs may not actually realize. Your spouse may not know that you have a paid account on Dropbox where all the family photos are. Which might disappear if your credit card gets canceled and you stop paying for it. And the family's in the grieving process. And the last thing they want to think about is activating Dropbox. Yes. Yes. So with the digital assets inventory, we've actually broken it up into two discrete tasks. One is to create the inventory a group by category we recommend so social media is separate from separate from storage um and then we move on later in the book we encourage people to to document their logins and passwords as you go then start doing it as you go and i think that's the other that kind of speaks to the earlier point about there's a lot you can do while you're living so part of this is about planning for when you go and whoever is going to take make it easy for whoever has to take over after you Um, but the other thing is really being mindful and conscious as you're creating new accounts now are you making sure that those records are being kept, first of all? But secondarily, is it something you really need and want? Do you want to be creating more um, 
more and more digital assets all the time. Do you really need them? And I know I was just going to point to Angela's previous book, Declutter Your Data, is a great resource, which we do reference in this book as well, because it really talks about how to start to get control of and minimize your digital footprint. And that by itself will make it much easier for you in life and make it much easier after you're gone for those that have to take care of that. Do you think companies uh, uh, should be more aware of this going forward now, like banks and uh, Netflix and ticket places that there should be some type of legacy contact? Oh, I, I Ideally, so, totally. yes. But yeah. I don't see that other than Facebook. Mostly we have found that there are no policies even around death at all. So. Wouldn't, wouldn't that make it their lives easier as well? I'm sure Can you imagine all the customer yeah. support issues yeah. they have with people passing away and then their family trying to get in and access yeah. that? That must yeah. be a major cost uh, center for them. Yeah. Well, I, we believe it's something that everyone needs to be thinking about. Now, we, we kind of geared the book mainly toward sort of a typical consumer as well as perhaps someone with a small business who, who doesn't have an IT department or have other corporate policies that might be guiding things like succession of assets. So, but if you don't have that, then you really need something like this as a guide. And funnily, when we were writing the book, I was redoing my personal will. And my notary was, I was telling her, well, what about book royalties? How are we going to deal with that in the book? We don't have children. So where is that stuff going to go? And I told her you about You could the book. send them to me. I could, well, that's <laughs> yeah, true. And, yeah. Or John, because I understand he's, yeah. your, <laughs> he's your heir. He's going to live a lot longer than I am. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But she was very excited about the book as a notary. She yeah. was saying, we need this. You have to come to our conference. You have to talk about this book. We don't know. People are coming and asking us this question. We're talking with the authors of the Digital Legacy Plan. We've got Angela Crocker, Vicki McLeod in studio. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about transition your social media, websites, uh, and storage accounts uh, when you pass away. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. We're talking about death in the digital age. Not a, uh, a happy topic, but something I think we all need to be aware of. We've got uh, the authors of the Digital Legacy Plan, a guide to the personal and practical elements of your digital life before you die. We've got Angela Crocker and Vicki McLeod in studio. Let's talk about transitioning some of your social uh, and other types of accounts. Facebook, let's start with that. That's the big one. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this uh, in the past. You can assign a legacy contact. Now, how does that work? Basically, while you're still living, you there, you just need to go into your Facebook account and you can go into your dropdown and it will show you where you can manage your account. From there, you can establish a legacy contact. What we really advise people to do is use the help feature in each of the platforms to investigate as well as our friend Google to say, you know, how do I find my Facebook legacy account, uh, legacy contact? Go in and assign that person. That person gets a notification then that you are the legacy contact and you need to agree to be their legacy contact. And then you want to have the conversation about what you want done with your Facebook account when you're gone. And there's certain restrictions about what the contact can and can't do. Facebook has just added something called tributes, where now you can go on and post tributes online in that memorialized account. But it will show up as uh, remembering is what the account shows up as once it's been and memorialized. That, and once you do that, that account lives on forever. It can until you, as the legacy contact, close it or, or someone petitions Facebook on your behalf with, with suitable proof. And you can also decide to opt out of that and basically just delete all my stuff when, yes. I'm, when I'm gone. When it's proven that I'm dead, I'm oh, gone. But I want to live on. I want people to see my smiling face 300 years from now. Or I'm maybe sure not, they will. I don't know. Um, can you only assign one legacy contact? At this time, yes. Because yeah. Yeah. what if my wife and I both die in some horrible accident? Right. Then so my kids are out of luck. Yeah. 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 Or if Let's I have my it. passwords written down somewhere, they can. And they another, can get into it. you know, something that we've done is that we have also given each other access to our primary Facebook accounts. I'm talking Angela. I'm looking at her in the studio. Angela and I, because it's a third party who's digitally savvy, who's not in the family, 
who will be able to help the family navigate oh, those that's things a good, should it that's be. That's a good idea, yeah. So if you have a good close friend or someone that you really trust. That is smarter you than your family. Right. Tech, tech technically. Wise. Yeah, technically, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Technically. Well, in the book, throughout the book, we talk about this notion of a digital steward, which is the name that we've given to this person. In my case, it's Vicky. In Vicky's case, it's me. A digital steward isn't an executor. An executor has a legal function when you pass away. They ex- execute your will and go through probate and all of those legal pieces. But the executor may not be digitally savvy. Mm-hmm. No, they might that, be really that, great with money, yeah. but not with the technology. Once they read your book, they will be. Well, we hope. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so let's talk about some of the other social uh, media places, Instagram. Instagram has a, a limited function. It's owned by Facebook. So they do acknowledge that people on Instagram will die and they give you the option of being able to close an account again. With most of them, the most important thing is that you have to have credible proof of your relationship to the deceased because of the privacy concerns. So this is where privacy can become a real we all want maximum privacy, of course, on our accounts, but this is where it can become a real problem. Can you just tell them to look at the Instagram account and see the pictures of you together? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's an ex, though? Yeah, uh, yeah but that's they true. want like death certificates and like actual okay. bona fide documents. So that's, and each platform is slightly different in what they require. So again, really important to do your research. And then some platforms like Snapchat, for example, has absolutely no reference whatsoever to what might or might not happen to your account. We feel like the... Um, major social media media platforms are kind of a little bit behind the curve on this one. It's, you know, it's kind of catching them by surprise as it is most of us. We haven't really been thinking about it. So I, as uh, reading in the book, LinkedIn, for example, a lot of us use that for business. There's no memorial accounts or anything. It's just a deactivation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah. I've been part of the research for the book. I went to my father and his his cohort of peers, and a lot of them are choosing once they've retired and they're well and truly out of the business world to delete their LinkedIn profiles as part of their digital legacy planning. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Google and YouTube? Google and YouTube, similarly to other platforms, you need to go in and show your pro- the proof of your relationship. There's no legacy is, contact in there yet. There's not. Uh, there is. Google does have something, um, okay. and it's not called legacy contact. It's called something else, like memorial contact. Or I can't recall exactly at the moment. But again, go to Google, Google that, and it will tell you. Yeah. So you do have that function, um, and again, and a really important one because of all of what you might have in there that's supporting either your online businesses or or your online life in some way. Um, but. Let's uh, talk about online banking just quickly here as well. I know we talked about that as being one of the digital assets. You have to be careful with that as well, like giving out the passwords and stuff for that, right? Absolutely. Like, and it's okay if some bad person gets my Facebook password. I mean, it's not great, but online banking, they can, yeah, they Facebook. can, they can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we're on the verge of, I mean, at the moment. Yeah, but someone money. could empty my bank account if they, right. if I gave the wrong person the my digital steward, if that was John, for example, here, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he decided, thank God, Mike's dead now. I'm going to empty his bank account. And that may be something you want to put with your your estate manager, your will yeah. and estate manager, because the bank is part of your your sort of tangible assets as opposed to digital assets. Even though we do it online, it's actually a tangible. And and to fix that problem with passing on the wrong passwords, you can, in your digital assets inventory, you can say, I do the online banking at this institution or this credit union. Um, but not include the login information. Just make note that so they know which banks to visit, which banks to secure your online passwords that you may have saved on your browser, for example. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they are honest and they won't use them in the wrong way and your executor then takes charge of the money. Uh, big one you said before though, uh, your notebook. Make sure that someone's got the password for that and your phone, I imagine, yes, as yes, well, yes. your PIN code for that All because devices, you are yeah. never getting into those things without that password. Mm-hmm. It's really a challenge. Yeah. And Especially with the biometrics now as well. Exactly. Thumbprint, mm-hmm. eye print, face recognition. There's so many ways that we can unlock our phones. Then if we're not there to unlock them, 
How does that work? Even for people themselves, it was interesting talking with people about digital legacy planning. How many people are so reliant on their thumbprint to unlock their iPhone now that they don't necessarily remember the code? No, I mm-hmm. yeah, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people that are forgetting forgetting yeah. that kind of, like their iTunes password and stuff. Yeah, they're forgetting because they can unlock it with their uh, their thumbprint or their or, or the their face, face <laughs> uh, so to speak. Uh, we're talking all about digital death uh, and how you need to plan for when you pass away because uh, again, everything is online and digital. If you don't do this, you are causing a hurricane of hurt for the people that are left behind that have to deal with uh, all these different accounts and banking information and even just getting into your laptop and phone as well. We're talking with the authors of the Digital Legacy Plan, Angela Crocker and Vicki McLeod. When we come back from the break, we'll uh, sum it all up and even talk about some uh, online memorial planning as well. You listen to Get Connected here on the Course Radio Network back after this. You're back with Get Connected. It's been a fascinating show today. We've been talking about uh, death in the digital age, and I mean physical death combined and intertwined with our digital lives now because we are so online with everything. I I look at my uh, screen time report now on my iPhone. I hate that damn thing that they put that feature in now. It shows you how much screen time you're doing a day. Yeah, it's It is horrendous. I am spending way too much time online and in front of screens. So uh, we've got the authors, uh, Angela Crocker, Vicki McLeod. They've written a book, The Digital Legacy Plan. You can find it in a lot of the bookstores out there and online. And uh, let's uh, just sum it up about our, uh, our memorial or our online memorial. Like, what do you recommend? Well, it's a very personal choice. We can't recommend for every listener what they will do personally. Uh, some people will want to write their own obituary in advance of their death and choose the highlights of their life that they want featured. Um, others will leave that to their heirs and successors, their digital stewards, someone else Oh, I'm too. not doing that. So you're, you've yeah. got some writing homework then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going out on a high. <laughs> so uh, you're talking, where do these online obituaries? Facebook would be obviously one of them. Well, an online obituary now, I mean, it, let's back mm-hmm. up a moment. Before we had digital, online obituaries didn't exist. It was all in print. So it yes. came out in the newspaper. Every Saturday we would read about deaths in the community. Now online, an obituary can appear on Facebook, it can be announced on Instagram, it can be on your blog, it can be on your company website. There's so many places where one might discover a death. Mm-hmm. And the words that are used to, to talk about that death are really important. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming in today. This has been uh, fascinating. Uh, again, uh, the book is called Digital Legacy Plan, a guide to the personal and practical elements of your digital life before you die. They've got all sorts of great worksheets in here uh, for you to start listing your digital assets and what to do with them uh, for not only your family, but your digital steward. John, you'll be my digital steward. There's a bunch of browser <laughs> history that I need you to erase if I, things go south for me. I will carefully make sure that they get erased. I might save some, but we'll see just to blackmail my family. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming in. Pleasure. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Don't forget to uh, check out our weekly podcast of not only Get Connected, but the app show, uh, which you can also hear on CKNW uh, Sundays uh, from 10 to 11 a.m. This is Mike and John logging off for Get Connected. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.